The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host. Missy E by my side, actually. We're across across the, the picnic table. Across the picnic table. The picnic table that we just found out has a big crack in the uh, bench that I'm sitting on. So if you hear a, uh, a crack and me screaming like a little girl, that uh, just means that I've fallen on the ground. And we'll have to relocate, but yeah. not, no worries. It's not that far to the ground. <laughs> no, it's not, but it would still probably take me by surprise. Oh, it would terribly take you by surprise, and that would not be a good thing, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for uh, not having a podcast last week. Uh, I'm in the middle of three weeks of weekend travel, which makes time at home during the week at a premium, yeah. and uh, it was just one of those things where... Would have loved to have been able to do a podcast, but we just didn't, didn't have, really the time. have the time. And then there, this weekend, you're going to something in Utah. Yes, the, I'm going to Provo, Utah, to the Well Armed Woman Well Armed Woman Conference. That's right. That's right. Last weekend, I was in New Jersey for the New Jersey Second Amendment Firearms Education Conference. The weekend before that, I was in West Virginia for the World Shooting Championship. Which I just got to take a second to say, that was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. And I want to go back next year, and I actually want to shoot this event next year. So, you know, if, you've, if you're if you a gun owner, if you listen to Cam and Company, you probably have already heard me talk about this. But this is such a cool event. I wrote about this for uh, Cam's Corner at America's First Freedom. Um, so it's 12 stages, and it's all different kinds of discipline. Uh, rifle, shotgun, uh, handgun. And the idea is, you know, we'll get the professionals out here, but we'll also get amateurs to compete against the professionals. See who's the best overall, all-around shooter. Right, because a lot of professionals are professionals with a certain type. Right, like one there's, discipline. Oh, you've had him on your show, and I'm going to be... And he was on Top Shot. Chris Chang. Chris. He's with a... With a handgun, right? He's not necessarily a sharpshooter with a rifle or a shotgun. Yeah, he's more. He, he started out as a pistol shooter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, very good. Thank so you. you get all kinds of you get you get all kinds of disciplines. Everything from you know long range rifle to cowboy action shooting, uh, right? So it's, oh, that's the one we have to. Do you have to actually manually slap back the? And you're using you know period revolvers, wow. or period authentic revolvers. Uh, and, and it struck me as I was in New Jersey talking to the Second Amendment Farms Education Conference, like this is. If you live in a state where you don't get to fully exercise your Second Amendment rights, you should go shoot the World Shooting Championships, not because you think that you're going to be the best shooter in the world, but because you'll get to fully exercise your Second Amendment rights for a weekend. You yeah. get to shoot stuff that you don't ordinarily, that you're not allowed to shoot right, at cause, home. Because you you're not bringing your own gun. Right. You're, you're using shooting, the guns that they have there. That's right. So you, you pay don't... the entry fee, you shoot the, the stock guns, you get the ammunition is included. Oh, I want to go. Okay. Well, next that year, might be fun. Next year we'll both go. Yeah. Find somebody to watch the kids for the weekend. And the goats. And the goats. And, and the, the dogs. And, and milk. Else. Never yeah, mind. Right. Maybe I won't go. 
live vicariously through you with your business travels. We'll, we'll try to figure it out. But, uh, but it was really cool. And one of the interesting things this year was that a lot of the sponsors, uh, the gun companies or the ammo companies, are using this as an opportunity to to test out stuff. It's almost like doing our, well, it is like doing research and development oh. on this audience of shooters because they can get instant feedback about what what did you like, what did you not like, did this work? They see how the how the product is doing under real world conditions, and so people were getting to shoot stuff that isn't even going to be unveiled until Shot Show. They and that's to sh- January. And that's January. So wow. they have to shoot stuff like doesn't exist before. exactly. Ooh. And that's really cool that too. That is cool. So it's a great event. It's absolutely beautiful location. It's in Glengarry, West Virginia, which is um, in that little skinny strip of West Virginia between Maryland and Virginia. Oh, yeah, when it goes. Right. Yeah. And so it's beautiful rolling hills. you can go through it in like 15 minutes if you're going across the world. But, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. I think uh, the range itself, Peacemaker National Training Center, is like... 700 or 800 acres. Wow, that's so big. So it's massive. That's a big range. And every there is so friendly. It was such a great time. So it's the World Shooting Championships. I'm going to go shoot it next year. Glengarry. Uh-huh. Isn't there some place in Scotland? Probably. It I mean, sounds... you know, West Virginia was one of the states that was settled by the Scots-Irish. Scots- so. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, it sounded It sounded like that. Yeah. So, uh, I've been gone a lot during the weekend. Yeah. Leaving Miss E to... Uh, Hang out here and manage the the homestead, and you've been doing a fantastic job of that. Thank you. Well, yeah. Right now, there's not a lot going on. The tomatoes are going. You mowed for me. I did I mow. Greatly appreciate that. Well, I, I had a really. I was mad at the world kind of day. Like there were a whole bunch of people that just managed to totally me off in the mm-hmm. worst way all day long at work. Personally, professionally, like it was just one of those days where I was like, I'm going to go outside and mow because running over shit makes you feel a little better, <laughs> even if it's just grass. And I'm really careful. And I we have a um, we have a Husqvarna lawn tractor, and so it's not a zero turn mower, but you can do a key adjustment so that you can mow in reverse and mow forward. Yeah. And so I treat it like it, but I'm also a lot more careful, and I don't run things over and break things like some of the people in this family. Um, but I did get a lot done. I still I missed a bit, a bunch. Like I have to go. The, the garden surrounding is looking a little over crazy. But yeah, well, if I don't get a chance to come here this weekend, I know it's been in the mid to upper 80s. Yeah, it's going to be that way for the next few days, and then it's supposed to cool off and be a little bit more fall-like in the highs in the 70s, lows in the 50s. But in the meantime, you know, we're starting to see the the garden tail off. There yeah. are some, you know, dead leaves, but but the tomatoes, there's still lots of new green tomatoes. There's still lots of blossoms. The mm-hmm. last time we had tomatoes successfully which wasn't last summer because last summer's garden sucked but the year before that those juliettes they're they're red they're considered a a grape tomato but they're like a long skinny grape uh they're kind of long and red tubish um they're a cherry grape whatever they're a small tomato they kept going and going and going until they were actually frozen on the vine in november yeah or late October, and they and so what's really funny is that like all of the other vines are dying, mm-hmm. and we've had collapse on some of the strings, so that contributed to the dying. Yeah, but the Juliets are still throwing up flowers right now. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know, and they pickle because the skins on them are slightly thicker, so they pickle really well. Uh huh. So you can put them in a brine, and one of them, um, there's a Russian method that was, uses horseradish leaves and garlic and some other stuff. And you just, like, 
put it on your, you fill it with a basic brine, which is, I use um, like a tablespoon of sea salt or kosher salt to a cup of water. Yeah. And then you just shake it up, whatever, get it dissolved, pour it all in with some garlic and some pepper cloves and horseradish leaves if you have them. If not, whatever. Um, hot pepper flakes, something with a bite. Okay. And then I just put it on the, ca- I close it in a mason jar, like a quart-sized mason jar, and I leave it on the counter for five days. But day one is right side up, day two is upside down, dut, 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 until day five, burp it and put it in the fridge, and then you have pickles. Nice. Pickled tomatoes. So, easy, quick. Mm-hmm. It's like a quick pickle. And tasty. And tasty. All right, we're going to take a uh, time out. We will be back in just a moment because we are easy and quick as well. You were listening to 40 Acres in a Fool. Well, I mean, well speak for yourself. From a podcast perspective, anyway. I was going to anyway. say, you're easy. Quick and easy to get to. Stick <laughs> around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray. It's going to be Roy Moore instead. I like him. He's too religious for yeah. people. He's too religious for me. I'll tell you that. Oh, I, but I, yeah, I well, God for, talk. I mean, you know, the Playboy Mansion was too religious for you. <laughs> Don't start with me about Playboy yet. <laughs> Are you still trying to get over that? Don't. Sorry. I, I apologize. I should have known that was, it was like your mecca. I should be right? wearing black today. I almost yeah, didn't come should. in. <laughs> Don't. Don't even. Pat Gray. Weekdays, noon to 3 Eastern. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio Network. So you had mentioned, Miss E had mentioned in the last segment that uh, before we move on from the garden, uh, that a couple of the tomatoes had actually collapsed. We've yeah. been using floor defenses. And this is the first year that this has happened. Well, this is the first year that I've had such great luck with uh, plum and paste tomatoes. And they're really heavy. Like those San Marzanos that uh-huh. I grew... They were just, they were just plant, there were tomato after tomato after tomato on those vines. Yeah, it was insane. They, they were big and heavy because they have thick walls. There's not a lot of juice because mm-hmm. they're, they're for cooking. You don't want to eat San Marzano's. They don't taste very good. They're dry. There's not a lot there. There's not a lot of tomato flavor. They're best if you can them whole, crush them, or make them into sauce or paste, which is another thing I did this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of them, and they were heavy. And the vines that the tomato fences that collapsed uh, were where the paste tomatoes were. So, do you think that next year we need to just have more Florida fencing, or do you think we just need to be using a different type of uh, system for the the heavier paste tomatoes? I think for next year, for the paste tomatoes, I'm going to use cattle panels. Okay. Because it has a nice big open weave, uh-huh. and it's a big, heavy, sturdy metal, mm-hmm. and I'm going to attach the cattle panels to the fence posts that we use, and then I'm going to plant the tomatoes in along them, and instead of running the string around, I'll just weave the tomatoes through the cattle panels. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like an experiment for next year. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we'll have to move everything, and I was just thinking, too, about the raised beds in the front, like... We had a row of tomatoes and a row of herbs and a row of flowers or whatever. Yeah. We can't have the tomatoes where we had them last year. We're going to have to rotate them maybe to the front 
and then well to the middle with or, the front garden that soil will probably need to add new soil in anyway because it's only good for about nine well, the, months no, in terms of the, the nutrients no the, the fertilizer is only good for nine months like we're not going to have to add more soil we're going to have to probably throw in some compost mm. or something like that like I think maybe some peat moss to hold in some moisture uh-huh. really better but I think the 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 that was um, and we also have bags of some of that soil that's, that's, that's left over extra because right. we I, I over ordered yeah um, so but anyway but yeah we're gonna have to rotate where we had the tomatoes like maybe they'll be in the front line this time but then or maybe we turn it completely a different direction but whatever yeah, see, I'm thinking it might be easier just to move the uh, move them around a little bit because one of the things we did figure out is so the zinnias get really tall well the they, and they, they've kind of dwarfed. They, they can, but they and they dwarf the basil. But I think yeah. that was my fault. I think when they started to get too tall, uh-huh. I should have not waited for flowers because there was a fertilized soil. I should have started trimming them back so they would get bushier and they would have shorter flowers. Oh, okay. So I think that was another. That was so a lesson learned from me. <laughs> I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Well, it they're is still taller. Acres in a fool, they're so. still taller than the basil, so I'll put them a lot taller uh, on a different place. Yeah, these zinnias are like four feet tall. It's crazy. They're 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 crazy. It's <laughs> It's, I feel like I walk past them, I'm like, I'm almost eye-to-eye with one of these in my face if I bend over a little bit. But they're also on a, on a raised bed like 12 inches off the ground. But, yeah, it's still kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so moving away from the garden and uh, up towards the pumpkin patch. So we've been dealing with these squash bugs. And to be honest with you, like, you know, when I started having to travel and life got a little bit busy... We we surrendered to the squash bugs this year. We just kind of let it go. Well, in and, weather, the vines are dying. Yeah. And, well, I mean, we've been keeping up with watering it, but yeah. And you know, I think when we just said forget it, yeah, you know, we're going to see they what were, we get at the end of the at the end of the growing season. And you pulled out five or six, five tomatoes, three no pumpkins, five yeah, five. Sorry, we were I was so on tomatoes before. You're right, five pumpkins, three of the luminas, three of the white ones. One, it looks like it's a winter luxury because of the texture of the skin. And the last one is one of the puniest of the... the. So I, I saved these seeds from that time that I got the pumpkins from that pumpkin patch about an hour north of us mm-hmm. when the dude was selling them for $25 a truckload yeah. the day after Halloween. Yeah. Um, I saved some seeds from that place. I can't remember the name of it or I would give them props. Um, and I planted that... We had, I had one... I have two rotten, and I have one that's green, so I'm going to leave it there because it's still on a vine that's alive. But I have one, and it's like... It's, yeah, they're all fairly small. It's puny. It's not even as tall as your microphone. It's maybe the size of the microphone without the stand. It's mm-hmm. so small, and that's like, what, six, seven inches? Yeah. And the monster... I mean, these things were like two feet tall, two, 18 inches yeah, tall. Like, like the, the skins were like two to three inches thick. The pump, the pigs loved these pumpkins. Oh yeah, and they ate them for a month. We put yep. them in the in the green shed, and we just take out a couple every day, smash them on the ground, and we had a couple of volunteer pumpkin plants the next year where we had baby pumpkins. We but had they, some volunteers this year, but uh, they, they they didn't make it. No, well, because they were growing in shade. Yeah, and they were growing in not good places. But so a lesson learned. But I anyway, I have I I managed to get. I picked seven. Two were already rotten, so I threw them to the pigs, and there are five on the other picnic table that need to be rinsed off and brought in the house. Yeah. But I did share on Corny Goat uh, Farm's Facebook page a couple of really cool things to do to decorate your pumpkins. Oh, nice. And so for the white ones, they had this really neat trick where you melt can melt um, crayons on them. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to find all the silver and gold and metallic covered crayons and melt it on there and see how, you know, a really it might make a nice fall piece 
Oh, okay. And then cool. do another one that's just all black and red crayons on a white pumpkin. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? And, yeah. You know, because they'll, they'll stay for a little while. We might have them till Halloween if we keep them in the house. Yeah. Out of the sun and keep them washed off. So. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then, you know, day after uh, Halloween, we'll be back to the uh, the farm. So, uh, you know, or whatever farm is closest around here, getting rid of their pumpkin patch. Right? Yeah. I'm a, I am kept Should this guy's... good deals for pigs. I kept this guy's card in my truck. Oh, okay. And so I just got to open up the middle thing and go, call this company. Here's a phone number and call them the day after Halloween. I uh, I was out of commission last year because I was so sick with chemo. And uh, Yeah, you just started. Yeah, it was my first round. And by the time, even that, that time, I was just, I couldn't drive to go that long to go get pumpkins. And uh, my friend promised me some but uh she got behind and everything she was doing by the time she got here it was too late they were kind of mostly gone so she just ended up feeding her them to her animals so mm. like, oh well yeah. we missed pumpkins this year but yeah well not this not year not, no not we'll have this them year. this year exactly. we won't miss it this year so uh okay so i'm just mentally moving around the farm from the garden to the pumpkin patch and then over to the pigs who are doing fine uh we had a bit of an experience where they were getting out even with the the uh, poultry net, the electric poultry net that we had put up with it, the smaller squares, so they couldn't get through the fence. They were just going under the yeah, fence. Yeah, it was because the, uh, the panel had lost. But the cool thing about this new solar panel from Premier One is that it's... Uh, it The button isn't just a button. Like on the old solar panels, you turn the button on, it's red, it's on. On this one, you press the button on, and it blinks green. And when it starts to lose power, it greens, it blinks alternately green and red. Mm. And rather than have to pull the batteries out, it comes with an adapter. So all I had to do is run an extension cord out to the unit, plug the adapter in, pull out where it connects to the solar panel, pull in, plug in where it connects to the adapter, and I was able to run it off of the current in the house to recharge the battery. Oh, nice. Because a lot of people don't have a trickle charger. We right. do because of all the other solar panel things yeah. in this yard, but this one is the first unit that I bought that doesn't need a trickle charger because you can run an extension cord to it. It was like, ah! Hallelujah! Well, the pigs are the only thing that's closest, uh, close enough for us to run an extension cord to the charger. But that's uh, true. But it works. So that's good. And that's why I bought it for the pigs. Yeah. So the pigs are back in their area and they're fine. And we're going to get a couple of them uh, sent off to uh, freezer camp here before long. And Cottontail is so fat she can barely walk. I know. And our and our freezer is now almost pork free. Yeah. I did find a couple of slabs of bacon and some packages of sausage, but there's no more pork chops. There's nothing large and significant there's no good big cuts as a matter of fact when i made pork fried rice the other night for dinner i had to gasp buy i I had had to buy pork i had to buy pork chops you didn't tell me that no i didn't tell anybody that we didn't have enough pork in the freezer to make well we're gonna be processing some pig here before long yeah uh so we've got one more stop in our uh, farm survey but i tell you what why don't we take a time out when we come back we'll talk about the newest addition to the farm (gasps) and the addition to come so stick around oh yeah yeah there's more 40 acres and a fool coming up next 40 acres and a fool with cam edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back, and welcome to Corny Goat Farm. Chico the goat, who is the newest addition here. Chico uh, is our man. Yeah, Chico is our man. Uh, we got our little adorable Buckley, and I think we might have talked about him in the last podcast. We had we had been looking for a goat, so we found a buck on Craigslist. And he has a big E on his side. Does he really? I haven't even noticed that. Somebody said on Facebook, somebody said it looked like he had a crown. Because of this, uh-huh. but there, it could be a W. But then, if you turn it on the side, it looks like he has an E. Oh, for Edwards. Well, there you go. So, or, or for Miss E, or for Miss E. Right. So it works for both of us. So yeah. So he's a uh, he's a really cool goat. Very chill. He's a little small. We're kind of wondering if he can get the job done this fall. But uh, but goats find a way. Yeah, <laughs> everything finds a way. <laughs> right. They were so all enamored of him. So I went to put the. So I have three Nigerian dwarf does who could or who are 100% Nigerian doe and could be papered. Only one of them is papered. She's the mom and I have two girls. And I could get the papers, but I just haven't gotten the papers. Anyway, so I put the papered goat in with the papered boy thinking whatever babies they make, I will make more money from because they will be eligible to be papered because they're going to be totally 100% Nigerian dwarf, and they both have the browns and the speckles and the spots. We'll see how well it goes. I put her only in with, and I left the other four girls in the back pen. And the next day, Fern and Freckles are milling around the small, (laughs) permanently fenced enclosure where we have the the newlywed couple around Chico, and they are making the most insane sounds I've ever heard. Like, they were totally fall their tails are like flipping like crazy and they're like like goats say nah these girls i mean it was hilarious so i was like oh great and then i thought okay i'm I'm gonna ignore you you you, the 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 horseradish plants are safe because we've sort of cordoned them off after the last time the goats got out and ate the leaves down. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to like tomatoes or peppers, so I'm going to just whatever. And then the other two goats got out. And all four of them were milling around the pen like, I, I don't know, some sort of... There's there a knife fight about to happen. Like Okay, they're just they're antsy. They're all antsy. Everybody's tails are a wagon. Everybody's making these crazy sounds. I'm like, well, everybody's on their period at the same time. Or not yeah. really. I mean, in this case, it's estrus at the same time. But that's how it happens with girls who live together, I guess, right. even with goat world. So I was just like, at that point, I just grabbed feed. And I let everybody in. And it's been their little love shack for a It has been love days. shack for a day. I'm going to leave them there for a week. Uh, they have actually managed to eat down, like, all the overgrown greenery in there, so it's been a good thing. And the closeness has got to build camaraderie because the other, you know, I was afraid that if we put this little tiny dude in the big giant outside electro fence, mm-hmm. he, he would never catch anybody. Right. So yeah. the odds are in his favor if he's got a smaller playing field. In, in in all honesty, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, you know he's been like a little Caligi goat. Caligi goat. Caligi goat. I don't know. How to, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been living large uh, over the last few days. So hopefully he gets the job done and we'll be able to milk in the spring and, and make uh, cheese. Make cheese and have milk and yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. I miss the uh, the goat's milk. I do too. It was so yummy, and I make fresh mozzarella with it, and we had chevre, which is awesome, and bagels. Like mm-hmm. if you thought cream cheese was good, smear some homemade raw goat's milk chevre on a bagel. Like yum. 
because it's all kinds of full fat here, baby. Right. Well, yeah. and, and that's the thing, you know, if, if we're able to milk and we're able to do all that stuff, then you're going to have even more recipes to share. Oh, yeah. So I'll have to adapt them to store stuff and ounces and stuff, but it'll still be the same kind of thing. Like, you can make things with store-bought chev, or you can go get some goats and do it yourself. It's not that hard. Yeah, something like that. Um, and, and you did, <laughs> I thought this was funny. So you did hear from somebody who tried to follow one of the recipes that you had posted at uh, the Corny Goat Farm Facebook page. Yeah, for the sausage gravy. <laughs> and they were like, holy crap, lady, how, how much gravy do you make here? <laughs> I have five children, so I make a lot. All the gravy. We I make, make all, all the, the gravy. gravy. And then I'm also like, I will eat it the next day, warmed up in a bowl with a spoon. Like, I don't need a biscuit. I'll just eat a bowl of gravy. And kid three is the same way. He's like, is there some leftover sausage gravy? I'm like, oh yeah. He'll just put it in a spoon and eat it like hot yeah. like it's just that boy. good yeah so um it's like sausage gravy soup he did use maple sausage he said he won't do that again and he probably adjusts the salt and pepper and you have to adjust the salt and pepper because it's sausage like mm. we use homemade sausage i put a lot of pepper in my sausage but then i put more pepper in the sauce like what, what did he not like about the maple sausage was it just too sweet it kind of counteracted the pepper okay yeah, I so can see that. sweet would do that. I don't. I haven't used maple sausage to make sausage gravy because I make two kinds, and the maple sausage I only ever make in a patties. When I was in New Jersey for the uh, Second Amendment Firearms Education Conference, I took advantage of the fact that there were diners like every half a block, <laughs> and, uh, and I had I had gone up after the uh, uh, Second Amendment Firearms Education Conference. I went up uh, even more north uh, into uh, the the suburbs of New York City. I uh, went to see my dad, who had just turned 91, and got a chance to hang out with him. And Happy birthday. Did that Saturday night, and then I went back over to his place on Sunday morning, hung out with him and my stepmother, and uh, stopped off at the Tom Sawyer Diner. Today's uh, Tom Sawyer? Today's Tom Sawyer. Diner? Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Make some mean, mean fries. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just don't say anything. I'm not saying. I know. I'm not saying. I'm not even saying the right words, so I know. it's fine. But, uh, it's all good. And I thought, you know, because you had told me as I was heading up, you're like, get Taylor pork roll, get Taylor pork roll while you're there. And it was on the menu, but it wasn't listed as Taylor pork roll. Because it's because in different parts of New Jersey, and this is a bone of contention about the Taylor pork roll, (laughs) is because people in some people in North Jersey call it ham. Yeah, something like that. I think that's what it was. It's not ham. It's no. it's a ground up, cooked in a casing product. It's more like a sausage. That's right. Yeah, it was Taylor ham. Is what they call it. And they it. call yeah. it Taylor ham. They call it Taylor ham in North Jersey. They call it what its the label says it is in South Jersey. It's called Taylor pork roll. So I should have gotten, you know, like here's the thing. I don't think you can get really. I don't know. I don't want to be biased, but I don't. I'm a little biased here. I don't think you can get really really great sausage gravy. North of the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, when right. I was a kid, I grew up in New Jersey. And I'm talking going to your typical average restaurant. I'm sure. I'm no. sure that there is a place north of the Mason-Dixon line that serves amazing sausage. Because there's a I'm southern saying, restaurant. I'm just saying, on average, you don't look for sausage and gravy Not north of the Mason-Dixon line. No, and you don't look for you get cream chip, cream beef, chip on. beef on toast south south of the Mason-Dixon right. line. Right, that's what so, you get north. Yeah, I should have gone with the cream chip beef on toast you because you can't get good cream chip beef on toast right here. But I got. Locks and eggs, oh. and you can't get good locks anywhere around here. Right. So there you go. So that was my New Jersey breakfast. Okay, yeah. so that that's probably just as good. But you're right about the chip beef. Like I, the last time 
I had to. I I drove up to New Jersey. We probably talked about this Mother's Day weekend. I drove up to New Jersey in a rental car to go to my dad's to pick up a car that he 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 got for Kid Three, mm-hmm. and then I drove home the same day. But when I met my dad, we went to a diner in New Jersey, and the I got cream cream chip beef on toast with fried potatoes. There you go. Because I was in New Jersey, and I don't make it here, and I don't even think the kids would eat it. Our kids have weird texture things like. Four and five don't even like sausage gravy. Which I just don't understand. I, well, it's a texture yeah. thing, and they're weird. Maybe so, when they get older, they like things. So this is going to be my question of the week. Um, is there a regional food that, A, is not like local to you that, that nobody else makes as good when you go outside of your region? And B, is there a regional food that you can't really get? Where you live, and you have to have that food every time you go and you visit. <sighs> Philly cheesesteaks. Every single time I go back to New Jersey, I have to go to Gaetano's and any Gaetano's. But if you go to the Gaetano's in Willingboro, that's where I used to work as a teenager. And it still looks as shitty, but it has got the <laughs> best damn cheesesteaks on the planet. And go and eat there and be amazed at how awesome their cheesesteaks are. And I have gone there and I have gotten them. To travel, which means they bre- they they wrap the bread up in aluminum and they put the meat and cheese in a tin, and I have put the tins in coolers and put them in in um, on ice in coolers, mm-hmm. and I have driven cheesesteaks from, from New Jersey, New Jersey to Virginia, to Virginia yeah. and I did it to, from Oklahoma. That's right, you did do it to Oklahoma that one time. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, straight because I couldn't get drive. any of that steak kind of steak, even in a beefy land like Oklahoma. I just couldn't get that so kind of go. thinly sliced ribeye. Bold choice, not Pat's, not Gino's, but uh, going with the Gaetano's. Gaetano's. All right. Well, I would love to hear uh, your thoughts. Is there that food that just can't be found outside of where you live, and is there the food that you just can't get? Where you live and what are those dishes? You can uh, email us 40acrefool at gmail.com. And we're going to take another time out. When we come back, we'll actually get to some of your emails. Stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool on the way. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Right? The girl started The girl it. started the direct message with Wiener, and uh, the judge was like, so. Uh, but she was the one who actually got a hold of Wiener. And at the time, I found it a remarkable that at the same time, he was busy sexting 19 other women. 19. 19 Good other women. Good Lord. Now, uh, like a full-time job. Who's got time for that? The Morning Blaze. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Uh, checking in with Mike in Michigan who says, you need a Cam Unity Facebook page. Well, we have the Corny Goat Farm Facebook page. We do. Which, which Missy is very good at uh, uh, updating and checking in on. I have a Cam Edwards Facebook page that I clearly might Less do good. nothing with. Uh, and you know, I won't go into, I won't, I won't do my whole spiel here, but, but let's just say I have a love hate relationship with social media. I, I get the good side. <clears throat> I really do. But there's always a trade off 
I don't think we're thinking much about the trade-offs. I don't like the uh, the privacy that we're giving up. I don't like the collection of data and the, the bits and the bytes that are just hoovered up by companies like Facebook and monetized. Yeah, it's kind of creepy when I do a search for something on a completely different search engine and all of a sudden I see that ad for something on my side screen. I'm like, ooh, that's scary. Yeah, so I don't like it, but uh, I'll try to be less scrupulous about my principles, I suppose, and spend more time on Facebook, Mike. Well, uh, Mike said... Do it on my our page. <laughs> I will. Well, I will. That can be the community Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, exciting new changes, he says, in the very near frontier of Michigan. My son has joined the football team. Ooh. I started playing in seventh grade. That was as early as I could start, says Mike. He started this year in sixth grade, and it's already a couple of years behind. They take football very seriously out here in farm country. Though, well, we were in Oklahoma at one point. Yes. You don't even. They, I think, the kids get their first football uniform as soon as they get out of the hospital after birth. <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. Especially uh, if you're a Sooner fan. Uh, Mike says it's great. It's a great way to build character, toughen up a bit, turning boys into men, and all that stuff. I told him it's a painful sport. I have scars from my mere six years playing it to this very day. If he wants to do it, then I'm 100 percent behind him. But he has to be committed. He can't let the team down. Uh, his team, there are two fifth and sixth grade teams because there are that many boys playing. Keep wow. in mind, they closed the middle school due to a lack of enrollment, so most of the boys in those grades are playing. Wow, two fifth, sixth grade teams, even though the middle school had to close for lack of enrollment. Mike says, I also bought him a 12 gauge over under shotgun. Trap season's over, but he wants to do it again next year. Just have to get it cut down so it fits him with an adjustable stock. Hmm. Uh, my wife, he says, as a car now, a truck, actually. Nice. Yeah. Nice. One of her coworkers had a 99 Ford F-150 she needed to sell. We got it for a fair price. Uh, still took a bit of a financial hit on it right now, but provided it doesn't up and die on us right away, it'll pay for itself soon enough. We had to get a vehicle. Her walking two miles each way in the snow for work wasn't going to work. Oh, man. I hated that. I had to drive about that long to get to the bus stop when I was going to college. It was such a drag. Yeah. Mike says, uh, my commute to Ann Arbor is 20 miles, so I obviously have to drive. Right. Uh, I guess we fit in better now. Everyone else here seems to have a truck. The Kia Soul gets better gas mileage, but not all that great at hauling anything. No. No, no. Hamsters. Hamsters. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, Mike says, I think my honeydew list just got bigger and heavier, too. A few repairs are needed, especially new tires, but it runs well, but too well. Getting my lead foot wife, a V8, may have been a tactical error. <laughs> uh, we'll As see. from someone who oh. has a 5.7 liter uh, Hemi with, yeah. Yeah, I should probably tell you, I think I got a speeding ticket. On my way to New Jersey. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, and I'll I'll do a bit of a digression here. Yes, so I'm driving up 95. I'm uh, just outside of Baltimore. It's a construction zone. It says they got the speed cameras. Now, not only am I... I'm not maintaining the speed. I'm going... Cars are passing me. Right. And it's a 50-mile-an-hour zone, and I'm going 58 because the cars are passing me. And at one point, I get this bright light flash... And it was the speed camera. I don't know if it was me or the car next to me. Oh. But I have a feeling it was me. Could have been the person next to you. Could have been. Flying past you. The other person is obviously going to look like a blur. Yeah, right. Mine's slower, so it's going to get my my, uh, license plate. Oh. Yeah, yeah. so I was a little annoyed by that. But um, anyway, uh, Mike says, glad the chicken broil swag finally made it. I thought we'd get there a lot quicker, but hey, better late than never. The attendance was down a bit this year from what I hear, says Mike, but still a success. It was the first year I got to fully enjoy it, but I'm sure I'll be roped into volunteering for it next year. I'm quite okay with that, says (laughs) Mike in Manchester. Also, condolences to Missy on the passing of her aunt. 
Thank Mike you. Mike says his grandmother just passed, oh, stepfather's sorry. mother, but they got married when I was a small kid, so she was grandma, totally. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but such is life, says Mike. Just have to carry on their traditions as best we can. In my grandma's case, that means playing rum cub Oh, yeah. Or pronounced rummy, rummy cube and trying to avoid the curse of the red two tile. Hmm. I don't know anything about Rummy Cube. It's a game. You don't, well, you're I not much for much. board games. Yeah, I knew that much. <laughs> My mom, says Mike, introduced the game to her, and it quickly became the game. You had better know what you were doing and not waste your time dawdling and making moves. That's... Right? It's whist in our family. Okay. We would play whist on uh, on camp gr- camping trips. It's sort of like a combination of bridge and spades, and you're playing with a partner. And yeah, it's crazy, but you better know how to play. Or they will not let you play with them. <laughs> So, uh, Michael says, I'm now uh, going to get a Rummy Cube set to remember her by. Well, listen, Mike, I, uh, I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your grandmother, but uh, that does sound like a great way to keep those memories alive and going. And uh, I'm going to have to look up more info about uh, Rummy Cube. Um, Stephen writing in as well, thanks for the diet help, he says. What's that? Huh? He says, listening to your show titled Missy and Recipes... I was grumbling three-quarters of my 1.3-mile morning walk because I've been on a strict diet and exercise project for several months now. Ah. But tomorrow is cheat day, he says. Euros may be in my future, but I digress. Anyway, you were talking about goodies in the kitchen, and it was making my tummy protest all this torture during my morning workout sessions. And then you started talking about eating of the tumor or that others eat the placentas. And no, not the least bit hungry now. Thanks. uh. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, though, so Stephen, you would ask what it is that you're doing with this podcast. I don't know, but don't try anything. Just let it flow. You guys are the best, and it all starts with you being real. It's your authenticity that's translated into your show, and people across the world crave this, especially as the virtual everything invades larger aspects of our lives. You have a real down-to-earth conversation, and it helps ground others to know that they're not alone in their struggles. I appreciate that, Stephen. Stephen says, the only thing I can liken it to is church. Weird, I know, and I'm not <laughs> suggesting that we worship at the altar of Mizzy. No, please! That would be... Yeah, no. <laughs> but but hear me out, says Stephen. When you find a real church where folks are normal, the pastor cares about his congregation and faithfully preaches from his heart, that care translates into the congregation. And if you try to open yourself to them, they welcome you. And then Sunday service becomes this oasis that you go to during the week. We get spiritually grounded. Your show is very similar oasis, not spiritual per se, but mental and emotional for sure. It is a community. And Stephen, that was the nicest thing, honest to God, that anybody has said to me this week. So thank you very much. so deep. That is so deep. But, you know, again. I like it. I I do too. And, you know, uh, I appreciate that. And, And you're right. Maybe, Stephen, it's possible to just overthink things. Maybe some weeks it's going to be about the garden and the goats, and some weeks it's going to be about communists, uh, the resurgence of communists online, because holy crap, I want to talk about that tomorrow uh, on Cam and Company, uh, or tonight. I mean, like, some nights, you know, the idea at first was always this was going to be completely non-political. Yeah, but and it's still going to be that, and we this was going to be the final thing, and we were going to go through emails, not you go off on a... <laughs> we and, went through the emails. I was just going, this is my final thought. Okay, but I don't want this final thought to be like a whole other thing. <laughs> final thoughts should be like... Okay, it's, it's getting... When you have like right, a presentation, your wrap-up is usually a, the I'm, hit on the highlights, yeah. and then maybe introduce something that's coming next. Like, that's true. You've been doing talk shows for a really long I know. time. Hey, listen, okay. you know, just this, I'm, I'm freewheeling, just, I'm free-forming, let's just get my freak. Flat. Okay.
And see, there it went. <laughs> see, if you had stopped a little earlier, oh, the bench wouldn't have broken. Are you right. okay, baby? Yes, I'm fine. All right. So, uh, all right. So, now, it's a good ending. That's it. Yeah. That I think crack that's... means I think we're out of time. Yes. So, so... Stephen, <laughs> sometimes it's like going to church, and sometimes it's like uh, falling off the, the clown wagon at the uh, <laughs> at the circus. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be safe. Yeah. Don't sit on any benches with uh, cracks. cracks in it. Be Oop. safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn, learn a lot. lot. <laughs> and we will talk to you soon here with 40 <laughs> Acres and a Fool. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.